You are listening to the Body Charge podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. Welcome to the Body Charge podcast. Today's topic is what to do when the need to please leads to burnout. Why are so many women suffering from energetic burnout? Despite good nutrition and lifestyle practices, they may still suffer from stress overload due to the subconscious drive to helicopter mother their family at the sacrifice of their own needs. What is it that makes them feel responsible for the happiness of others? Why do they put their own needs last and can often suffer chronic fatigue and depletion as a result? My special guest today is Lolita Guarin, a four-time number one best-selling Amazon author, stress management coach, and dynamic speaker. Through her journey, Lolita discovered powerful drug-free stress management strategies, emphasizing the importance of healing childhood trauma. As the founder of Be Amazing You, she's dedicated to reducing burnout and boosting the energy of life. So welcome, Lolita. Thank you for being my special guest today. Thank you so much for inviting. I'm so happy to be here. Excellent. My first question is, how can emotional stresses burn out? Uh, women in particular, that happens more to women than men. And why does this lead to chronic fatigue? What's happening in the body as a result of stress? When I start talking to the groups, I usually tell them to raise their hand. And when I start talking about it, I tell them, I let you know when you need to put your head down. And then I keep talking and talking and talking. And after a minute or two, I immediately start feeling like there are some people get annoyed with that. And like, can I put my hand down? It's kind of hurting now. That is how stress works on your body and your mind. If naturally, we will experience stress and then we'll know how to handle it and let it go and just move on with our lives. That'd be great. But we don't. We keep in that hypervigilant space all the time. So look at the stress the same as holding your hand. If you will give yourself breaks and you will put it down whatever you're carrying, you can do this up and down, up and down the whole day. But with our very super busy lives, especially for women, uh, it's just a lot of what I hear from my clients, they say, well, I don't really have time to put my hands down. I have to take care of myself, my family and my business. And I think that's the number one thing why especially women burning themselves down, it is because we don't give enough time for us to recuperate. So there are two things that I would like to uh, touch on. The first is that there's so much of expected of women right now these days. And I know the, the, the big movement already happening, obviously, in the first year or the second is about that women, we are so powerful, we can go and do whatever we want, and we can have the family and the career and all of that. But what happens is because we have this opportunity, we want to help um, everyone else. And we also want to prove ourselves and our family members that we can do it all. And because there's so much pressure and performing well, and then we can add on this generational um, value of or, or this, oh, this is such a good thing to sacrifice yourself. And uh, I am a martyr. I can do all of it. And then when you add on question like, why are we doing this? And I worked a lot with my childhood trauma 
And that's how I realized that we can have two people in the room and something happens to it and both of them will react to stress very differently. Really what happens, how did you grow up in your childhood? That's how you will bring your habits and your beliefs into your adulthood. So you might be behaving in the different situations differently as others do. And you will maybe taking your stress also very differently than others do. Um, and it's very important to ask yourself, why is that you doing that? So there are lots of parts to it, but it's very important to visit them uh, so you can address your stress every day. So um, when people are behaving in a way where it doesn't seem logical or their emotions... Um, can't seem to be pinpointed to anything that they remember. It, it's possible that they may have had some kind of childhood trauma which got locked in somewhere in that subconscious that keeps playing out. So it's an old belief system because when we're children, we can't really discern between what's real and what's not real. And if something happens, um, we just take it on board as that's the way it is. And it becomes in our adult life, part of our picture of reality of the way the world works the way things are and people may be um, playing out some kind of childhood drama and they're not even aware of it as adults is that right yes and uh, especially for women because generational to generational as always we think of women are the nurturers the providers and uh, we need to take care of others first and uh, just sacrifice our own happiness, our own peace, and anything that has to do, because we are nurturers, so we give and give and give and give. But also what the childhood trauma plays here, and and you know somebody can listen right now and say, well, I don't have to listen to this podcast because I grew up in a very happy family. Um, unhappiness or dysfunctional families can look very, very functioning from outside. But as children, we just can compare two families. Let's say there's a child that grew up in a family where there was a father alcoholic. For example, my dad was an alcoholic. And um, then there's a family that the parents were no, not addicts at all, but they were workaholics and they were constantly working. For example, like the same father was not really emotionally available for the kids not, or not even there in the house. Not present, correct. So when you can look, one family has an addict in the family and another one doesn't, looks like a very highly functioning, happy family, but the children in the family were really robbed of attention and love and appreciation. So how is that working out for the future? What that has to do with people pleasing and burnout and all of that? When the child understands that, oh, I'm not being loved and appreciated for who I am. Because I'm because not good enough. Not good enough. They will become useful then they will be like, okay, I'm going to be doing something. I'm going to I'm gonna behave the way that I will be accepted. I will become useful. I'm going to be achieving. I'm going to get the medals. I'm going to be dancing better and singing and, and doing my homework on time. So do you think they will, you know, the achieving part, it will make us look better. And then probably our parents then will accept us. And so that's, you take this into your adulthood of continuously thinking that, because I'm not being loved for who I am, because I'm not just not enough for who I am. I have to be more. Then we overachievers, we burn ourselves to the ground. We people please because we expect to be accepted to a group. And then we become workaholics to the point that it just becomes to the body so stressful that we're just physically getting physically sick. 
So, so we, we get a picture of our own self-value dependent on what we do, not who we are. Is that the difference? Correct. And if I perform better, then, then I must be a better person. But there's a disconnect, isn't there? Because it's not recognizing the who that you are uh, already before you do the performance. Correct. And, uh, you know, I can say, uh, I'm sure you heard the saying, it doesn't matter where you go, you take yourself with you. And uh, I add to that, the funny it is that you can abandon yourself, even if you take yourself with you. What do I mean by that? So let's say someone grew, grew up in a family that there was a childhood trauma. And you know, listen, everyone has a childhood trauma, okay? Some have smaller traumas, some of them are bigger. Yep. And when you think about it, the human experience itself is already very traumatic because what is stress? What is trauma? Meaning that you're getting outside of your comfort zone. So the baby being born, that is already super traumatic because you're leaving your mother and now you're entering the world. So we all have childhood traumas. Uh, but then what is that you do with that? So let's say someone grew up in a family that they didn't feel seen. Or there was uh, some uh, things that they didn't get that needed to get, and they felt like the parents abandoned them. The fear of abandonment, a lot, it grows into people pleasing when we are afraid that we will be abandoned. I, and, I had, know, sorry for interrupting. I had exactly that. In um, when I did the Vipassana meditation course, I went very deep and uh, backwards in my memory a long time that I didn't really remember before the meditation, but I I experienced my my childhood as a, a one-year-old or even earlier. Um, and I remember chewing on the um the timber cot because the paint was peeling off, you know, in the old days. Um and I crying and crying and crying because my mother had to go to work and the babysitter left me in the room what felt like all day and no one came to to comfort me and I felt really lost and abandoned I didn't realize until I had gone into that really deep meditation that that was still deep inside me playing out a feeling of um, um, I'm left alone um you know where where is my mother so it's interesting isn't it how how it can affect our life as an adult yes and I think what happens is that when we grow up with the feeling of we're afraid to be abandoned in the adult life, because we want to be um, accepted by the other people, we abandon ourselves. And what does that I mean by that? So let's say you like singing, but then when you are a child, you've been told that you don't have a voice and just, just shut up and sit down. So you learn not to show this part of yourself. So more and more you met with people, you became someone else. So that's mean the core of who you are, you abandoned. And what I think it's 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 a pandemic these days is the loneliness. And what I mean by that is you can be in a group of people and feel totally lonely because you not even showing that true part of yourself. Even you yourself abandoned that part of you that that's the core of you. Just to you become believed, someone else. You believe the myth as being real 
So I think what we're getting to is that this is a societal, a really deep societal carry forward for a long time. And we we grow up and we get trained, we get programmed in, in the idea that um, it's not worthwhile to look inside yourself. We have to look at what others think of us to form our own opinion of who we are. We're not actually connecting on that really internal, real level. We're always looking outside for approval for what do they think of me? Well, you know, and that must be who I am. And that's the also the influence of media um, and, the, and the parents as well. As I remember when I begged my my parents to be able to do take dancing lessons and you know, they um denied about buying the tap shoes and the ballet shoes and all the stuff. And finally, they said, oh, well, you know, it's good exercise for her. She'd never amount to anything in professionally as a, as a ballet dancer. But and that, that stuck, stuck in my brain uh, as a child. Oh, she wouldn't get to the top. They, these are carry forward opinions of other people. And the most influential people in our lives are our parents. Uh, right in those very early years, isn't it? The first seven years of life are the most impressionable for us. And and, and also what we do when we grow up, we behave like our parents to ourselves. And then we start talking the same way. So that's why I say, like, don't abandon yourself, meaning you listen in where your true needs are and honor your needs and and appreciate for who you are. And there's a lot of clients when I start working with them, I say, well, you need to accept who you are. You need to love that part of, you know, you love yourself full. And they tell me, they're like, I don't even know who am i am that's right i don't even know (laughs) and then it comes to of because you grew up in the environment where you are not allowed even to be yourself you don't even know what to do with that so then it takes time and first what you need to start doing is you need to realize that you are worthy of being yourself and it's okay and it is safe for you to experience yourself it is okay if you have your needs and it's okay to meet your needs. It's like you have to really start from permission and then move into exploration if you cannot you know, know who you are and then start really looking at childhood. What are the things that made you happy? You know, Then revisit those new and maybe uh, old things that you like to do. What made your heart sing? Where was your fun? Simple, what was your fun? And that's not... Uh, that's the part of stop abandoning yourself also what comes to people pleasing how can you stand uh, by your own side and honor your own needs when somebody tells you what they expect of you you always listen to your feeling like how that makes me feel and then ask yourself am i doing am i agreeing agreeing to do this because i want to or is because i want to be approved and you know here's what this starts with a, a boundary setting and saying no and it could be extremely uh, difficult and scary to start setting boundaries, especially with the people that are around you and like family members. Because you might feel guilty. You, you, that you might feel guilty. Oh, I'm not measuring up and or maybe I'm selfish. And that's not my role as, you know, the parent, the mother or the owner of the business or anyone looking after other people. They might feel a sense of... Um, that they shouldn't be neglecting, that they're bad somehow if they put themselves in any kind of um, 
give themselves attention. Do you know what I mean? Like they have to be the last on the list, right? Yes, and it's so bad to be selfish. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. And um, when I have clients who are women coming to me and they say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and I have my kids and, you know, and, and, and I say like, it's what comes to stress management. It's good to have uh, those um, staples of stress management, do meditation, write a diary, breathe in, breathe out, nutrition, sleep. This is all we know. But I think it is, it, it is serves as a bandage to a bleeding wound. If you do not address to the wound, or really asking yourself why you behave like that, why you stress yourself so much, why you're so hyper vigilant all the time, um, then it will be very difficult to change your habits if you don't know where this is really coming from. So um, I have clients who they come and they're like, oh, you don't understand. And I tell them, why don't you take one minute every hour, just stop whatever you're doing. Of course, it's fit safe. And just close your eyes and just be there. Just allow yourself to stop. You know, at the beginning of our conversation, I said, you have your, your lift your hand and you put it down. This is how you need to do your all day. So you kind of stop and then you go and stop and then you go. And they tell me, they're like, oh, no, no, you don't understand. I don't have time for this. I have family. I have a business to run. I have to do all those things. Yeah. And they're and, on the treadmill. And they don't oh, realize so that they're not efficient without the brakes. The brakes are what give us the extra steam to power forward more efficiently and the brain works better. So we, we really need to allow ourselves the gift of regular breaks, don't we? Because the nervous system needs it to, to recoup and recover and athletes need it. The best performing athletes are the ones that do that intermittent um, break where they're sort of coasting and then they have another shot at high performance and this overall gives them a much better result in their performance and their health as well they don't burn out as fast um don't ha don't have as many injuries so so that translates to all of us we all need to learn a new system of allowing ourselves to get off that treadmill sometimes well often actually periodically every day and that your your system of creating a, a, a regimen or a routine sounds like um a good idea to make it easy for people because you know it's just follow the bouncing ball do these things regularly get up and have a walk around take a deep breath you know use you know focus on your breathing um, have have a big drink of water, put some magnesium on, <laughs> usually helps to relax. Um, and then you get a bit better perspective, don't you? Your brain seems to think outside the box and look at everything more in a well-rounded 360 degree view. Then you can make better decisions. So you can be actually a better help for everyone around you when you can step outside uh, and look in from the outside on your breaks, right? Yes, and um, it when I start telling them that they can do simple things, uh, there is a, so much of resentment coming because of this um, belief that, oh no, I cannot take this break. I am not supposed to, it's forbidden. I supposed to be go, 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 go. And that's where someone really needs to give themselves permission to do that of thinking no i am worthy to stop i should slow down and more than that when i tell someone who comes and says no i don't have this time 
I say, okay, so do you think that you will have time to take care of your family when you'll be in the hospital? Because especially for women, stress, it is really manifesting itself in disease in the body. And I'm like, so you need to just change opinion about, I have to go, go, go and give myself 110% to others by thinking I can give myself to others when I replenish myself. It's kind of, you know, like when you fly, you you put your mask on first and then you put the mask on those that you love. And getting rid of that guilt of, oh no, I'm not supposed to put my mask first. When someone realizes that, oh, I'm actually helping everybody else when I'm helping myself first. And that when you you change that and you, you shift and realizing that, well, those beliefs that you have from your childhood, well, guess what, they are wrong. And now I'm an adult and I can take care of myself and others. And, you know, and I'm not in peril that somebody uh, will come and uh, just say, I'm not going to feed you today. You know, you're an adult, you can feed yourself and you can sustain yourself. And realizing that, oh, I can make this a habit then they're doing ste- single steps every single day to change that belief and change that habit. It doesn't have to be a lot. And you know, when I tell my clients, I said, stress management should not be stressful. It should be at ease, but yes. allowing yourself to, for, to doing that in small steps, that's, that's very courageous, but it's very needed. It seems to me that um, it's, a, it's a kind of martyrdom, isn't it? So we self-sacrifice, almost like we become our own slave master. Um, no, no, hold it in. You can't go to the toilet yet. You have to finish what you're doing. And this is how slaves were treated. They had no freedom, no right. Now we don't we don't need an outside person. We are much better slave masters ourselves. And so what we need to do, we need to realize that we are actually powerful. We are not slaves. We can determine how to make our lives better. And, and just the knowledge that we can do this and we have the freedom and acknowledgement. And as you said, the permission to do this is really liberating. Don't you think? Yes, it's, it means a lot. And also for those who, you know, like I said, stress is something means that you're going to do something outside of your uh, comfort zone. And believe it or not, a lot of us who grew up in the difficult families, so with any small traumas or the big traumas, we used to stress and we used to pain and suffering, no matter physical or emotional suffering. We That stress, that hypervigilance is our normal. So when you start to relax, it's going to look stressful because it's outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, you have so to retrain we, the brain. You really need to retrain the, the brain and just kind of really tell yourself like, look, everything is fine. I can slow down. And and for those clients who, who tell, for them, that looks like, oh my gosh, this just looks like a very big jump. Like, oh no, now I'm going to abandon myself, my old me. And what I'm going to do now? I say, okay, let's just do this. For one week, you're just going to do things that will help you to relax. You know, taking your breaks, drinking more water, whatever, whatever routine we set it up. And they say, we're going to try out for one or two weeks, okay? If that doesn't work for you, then we can go back to being all the time stressed. And that of realization that, oh, okay, I'm not really abandoning myself. I'm not abandoning my life. I am just kind of just a little bit stepping out of the zone and, and knowing that you have a control of going back where you were, where you were feeling comfortable yes. and, and safe. That itself is a big leap when you're like, oh, I have control. And then someone who gives themselves a little bit of that uh, wiggle room 
then can start new habits and can feel more at ease and more comfortable in the new habits. Interesting that you mentioned the word control and this need um, we often have to be in control all the time when we're not really supposed to be in control all the time. And I think this happens a lot to women because they tend to feel more responsible. You know, they're the caregivers. They have to wear so many hats these days. They actually have a thicker corpus callosum. So that's the super highway of, of um, message exchanging uh, neurons runs down the middle of the two brain hemispheres. The men have a thinner one. So men tend to be more um, focused and very good at uh analyzing detail and going right down into the detail and the complexity of things and women tend to be more generalists and overview um, getting things from a wider perspective because they can switch back and forth between left and right brain more quickly and easily oh excuse me turn one off <laughs> so um it's um it's it's interesting that there there is a physical difference between men and women. There's also a sociological difference historically that women haven't really had freedom for a long time. There's been a very recent thing. And so there are still old views and societal um, norms, un undercurrents carrying forward. And, you know, women are still not being paid for doing the same jobs as men in many professions. Um, and yet they're very competent and good at what they do. So why is it so? You know, it's because of these societal undercurrents, I think, that carry forward. And it's a question of sitting down on an individual level and looking inside at your the old programs that were set down and asking, you know, is this real? Is this for my benefit? And and looking at what's for your benefit, which will then help others because as you are healthier, are more well, are happier, you can then be a, a better help to others. So at the end of the day, we I guess we all need to be focused on what's going on in the inside first and then we can help others better. Would you say that's like the summary of it? Yes, and, the, and I can continue a little bit about what you said why we're different uh, women, are different than men we also manage stress very differently. Women need to have, um, the, the stress is associated highly with the serotonin. And for the men, the stress is associated with testosterone. So for the for men to be a lower their stress level, they need to participate in testosterone-driven activities. And for the women, they need to participate in the happy serotonin experiences. And what happens in the workplace is that workplace itself, it is so... Uh, project driven, the accomplishment driven, yeah. right? There's always a deadline. There is something very testosterone driven. Yeah. And so men always strive better in the work environment than women. And now somebody can say, oh, wait, 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 wait. we're all equal. Yes, we're equal, but there are some also some things that we uh, react differently. And, and like you said, just brain works a bit differently. So, what is to do now for a woman who says, well, wait a minute, I still want to have my job. What, are you telling me now I need to quit and go back to, you know, watching my kids all day long? No. What means is you always can manage your stress by achieving more of activities that make you feel happy and included, uh, you know, that bring you serotonin. So, uh, women like to talk, always have a friend that you can talk to. Or write a diary. When you feel burnout and or stressed out, just get your emotions out. Get what's happening in your mind. Just write it down, write it down. Write it. Or talk. Like let's say you're driving home in your car. 
just imagine your friend is sitting next to you and you just talk it out. Just talk, 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 talk. Get talk, it off your chest. Get it off your chest. And it's very important to label your emotions. This was a research done. Like when you identify the emotion, you say, hmm, how do I feel right now? And allow yourself to feel it and do not feel guilty that you allowing this to happen. And just say, you know what? I feel angry right now. And just because you made a, a label to that, that emotion is already outside of you. So then you can release it. Yeah. And then a lot of physical touch, you can even give yourself massage, just rub your neck or hands or hug the kids, anything that includes, includes the body. And do little simple things that can help you bring more serotonin. So then you can manage your stress and you'll be less sick. But you have to take those steps and not feel guilty about it. That makes a lot of sense. What counts is the outcome, isn't it? The ultimate goal. So we have different ways of getting to that goal. Um, we have to really know more about who we are and our strengths and weaknesses to maximize and optimize the gift that we have. And as you mentioned, women have, have a lot of gifts, but it's not putting on the shoulder pads and the suits and competing with men on the testosterone level. We can't do it. I mean, we become ridiculous, really. Um, and pretenders and the idea is to be authentic knowing who you are is really a, an exploration of your own authenticity and once you really value your gifts and bring them out more and rely on them more and expose them more uh, you get to your goals better in a happier way because there's not, as you said, a conflict. There's not that constant stress. It's a feeling of I can do this. I'm in control. I'm having a great time. It's a game. It's a game I'm enjoying, right? And allow yourself to do it. And don't and feel guilty. Even if you don't do something, you know, like I say, sometimes I wake up and I think, you know, I need to go work out. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to honor my needs. I am not going to work out. I'm just not going to do it. And then it feels great. And then don't feel guilty about it. That's it. Just, uh, yeah, being more in touch with your own body, not not just a regimented robot. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all your time and this lovely discussion. If people want to know more about how to get um, your book or connect with you, where do they go? They're welcome to go to my website. It's beamazingyou.com. Beamazingyou.com. Wonderful. We'll also have it listed underneath the YouTube. Thank you so much, Lolita. That's been really interesting today. Um, I'm sure it'll trigger a lot of introspection with a lot of women to reevaluate what they're doing and how they're living their lives because it's really important to have us, um, stress management techniques to avoid the stress i mean you can't avoid all stress but to recover from the stress that you do experience really important that creates resilience the magnesium is one of the strategies i really loved it helped me a lot and electromagnesium was the product of my own health crisis so now we provide transdermal magnesium products which you don't have to digest and it's just so um, quick acting and fast and makes you feel calm but, you know, that's in, in amongst a whole suite of things we need to do to honor our body and to help its optimal performance. You know, good hydration, fresh air, sunshine, hanging around with good people that are have not a toxic mindset but are positive because people who are uplifting help your own energy to lift 
rather than there are some people that are energy suckers they're always there's always something wrong there's always a problem they're always leaning on you you're always feeling like you have to prop them up and that can also be debilitating so be discerning with who you expose your mental health to um, and and just um, honor yourself and you know start to look at who you are and value and honor it would you say that's a, that's a good ending for us and and let me know if you want to contribute something else no, I think that's a great start. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you so much and you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. I hope you liked this conversation and will share it with others. Hear more from Body Charge on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on blogs, podcasts, videos and magnesium special offers at electromagnesium.com.au. Relax, recharge and recover.